This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer in the Palatial 68 of the Fan Studios. I am Eric Quintana. Next to me, Mr. Josh Bagrianski. And across from me, Mr. Sa- well, Mr. Sam Franco. We're back! We'll keep this edition. We won't start over. Okay, we won't start <laughs> over. We won't start over. Hey, uh, of course we're back because we can't even get through the first 15 seconds exactly, without screwing without hey, That's up. how you know. First time, all three of us together, same room. Correct? It's been a it's while. It's been since Too long. February. Yeah, keep your hand away from me. Six foot rule here. Stupid COVID. I'm going to have to get one of those long sticks. You know, they we, had well, the you know what days. we do have here? Oh, we got a spray bottle. Spray. Oh hand yeah, if you get too close, you just give us. I'll spray you like a dog. Very nice. That's okay. 680 the fan branded hand sanitizer. It's, let me. It's like straight alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> oh See, yeah. I will so, say no, that, smell it before you try it. I will say that I've been, it's I've been going through a bunch of different hand sanitizers like during this time and like trying to find which one I like. You know, like some stink, some don't smell good. Yeah. I don't like the ones that just smell like straight alcohol. That's like a lot of the, this one. That's, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of breweries and stuff are making their own hand sanitizer Engine. now. If I don't like those. The, if, if, if when all this is all said and done, and that 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 hand sanitizer smell leaks into the beer that I'm gonna be drinking out of oh, these breweries, oh gosh. I'm very upset. Yeah, that would. Not I appreciate be great. what they're doing. It's it's the Lord's work that they're doing, but. Don't mess with the beer after I the I did fact. finally find one that I really liked, though, that was like, didn't leave my hands all dry, and it smells like grapefruits, so mm. it like doesn't smell terrible. Win-win. Yeah, and it's, uh, I think Target is the one that had like it, but anyway. Know. Well, yeah, I'd like to know what the people's favorite hand sanitizer is out there at MOTS Podcast. What's your favorite hand sanitizer? <laughs> and, you know, I, it's all about the smell, you know? It's like, oh. And you know what the other thing is? Not the effectiveness. Some of not them- the kill, Not the germ kill. Yeah, well, you know. It's well, got to smell good. The, 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 smell. the smell. And then the other it's thing is- appearances anyway. Some, some of them, like, it's more watery than you expect because you expect to be more soapy so you like push down the top and like a glob of hand sanitizer comes down on your palm and then you just smell like Straight rubbing alcohol. alcohol and vodka for the next two hours, yeah. So, well, the, the I, good good is Purell. You know, like if you can get that like Purell yeah. with aloe, that's that good good. But like nobody's been able to find it. My brother is, has had like from the beginning of this because he I don't know why he had. I guess his uh, his, his wife bought it for you know my nephews. Uh, you know, just to have hand sure. sanitizer yeah, yeah, yeah. in the house. It's like a gallon sized bottle of like Purell with aloe, and it's down to like maybe like a sixth of the bottle left. And so she's like starting to kind of be like. What are we going to do? It's like, well, it's available now. It wasn't available like a month ago, but now you can get it. This thing we have in here stings the nostrils. In a bad way. <laughs> Very bad way. All right. Um, we have put up content on uh, the MOTS podcast Twitter handle, uh, tw- uh, Twitter feed, and and uh, on Instagram. So I hear. It is. It well, is I actually of, saw it. I, it so is, I saw. It is of myself. I put the content up. No content like you. I'm the only one that does work around. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm cool with that. I have no, no, no problem no. with Truly that. Truly, Eric's new show, I, not hot ones. I did, I did. No, honestly, but that's what it felt like. So I didn't put this up because I, I have been watching the show Hot Ones, and if you've followed my Twitter account uh, lately, um, I've been kind of obsessed with with just trying hot sauce, hot sauces. I've wanted the the perfect mixture of both heat and flavor. It's a good thing to occupy your time during the pandemic. Exactly, you got to do something. Find something to do. Uh, so either either some hot sauces are are not hot enough but have a good flavor, and or some have no flavor and yeah. are just straight up 
you know, lick lava. Right. I don't think I have yet defined the one hot sauce. I mean, I have a few that I really like, and it's I, I know what Eric's looking for here. So the, the combination of heat and good flavor. So the Yucateca that I've yes, tried, yes. The, I think the red one that I have. Yes. I don't know if it's the Yucateco, red one. Yucateco, I think. Is you could, whatever. Yeah. We know what we're talking about. That one's actually the closest. Okay. But I thought that what I did last night, this 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 you know hot ones pseudo whatever video I did, it's a challenge. It's not a challenge. I turned it into a challenge by oh, by okay. by challenging soccer down here. Uh, I have got a, a buddies at the Atlanta podcast. It's not a soccer podcast, but the Atlanta podcast is a good podcast to follow. I'll say it. Soccer down here ain't gonna do it. I'll say it. <laughs> I will give. Ain't gonna do it. Jason oh. Longshore. Fifty bucks. If I told you him. Do. Look, if they if they collectively do it, if they collectively do it, I'll we'll donate. 100 bucks to the charity of their choices. Uh, just one singular $100 whatever donation. But if they all do it, I'll, we'll donate from the podcast yeah. fund. Jason Jason so, eating hot wings. Jason, John, the guys from... No, no, no. John doesn't eat the wings, so he gets to talk a little bit more, and then you can see Jason <laughs> just eating the hot wings yes. while his head literally explodes. No bullying, John. disagree with John. No bullying, John. Exactly. No, we're going to turn John, let John loose. talk. And the only, thing, the only thing Jason can say is, you know what? That's a good point. I, oh, we got. <laughs> we have content for days. Let's do it. Okay, right. so if if you know home before dark, that they've already bowed out. They've already tweeted out saying because I did it with chicken nuggets, chicken McNuggets. Yeah, I noticed that. Like because they I use like so nice I, chicken wings, and he's over yeah, here using I, chicken I, McNuggets. I was just trying to be simple, like cooking wings. Man of the people. I was like, come on, let's just let's hurry this thing up. They already bowed out though. They said I, I, the home before dark tweeted out. I don't think our stomachs are strong enough to ha- to choke down McDonald's chicken nuggets. Mostly, <laughs> they weren't so even talking know. about the hot sauce. So they don't even understand what you're talking about because no, we're talking they, about the hot sauce. They know the hot sauce, yeah. But the, the joke for them is, the, yeah, classic. I guess the the, the, the cop out the standards. cop out for them is that they're not gonna yeah. they're not gonna. The chicken last time day. I went on with them, they Look, said they hate the McChickens. You want to you want to do Tyson chicken tenders? Go ahead. You want to do actual Caviar? wings? Well, I, I don't care if you just want to take a spoonful and put it in your mouth. Ugh. I'm just saying, do it. Josh, how many McChickens at the McDonald's on the corner of Claremont and North Decatur do you think you had during high school? It's hard to really count because I don't necessarily remember every visit. But you uh, know the McDonald's on the I'm late end, of course. Right I've eaten a lot of McChickens school, in my life. <laughs> Alright, so delicious sandwich. Home Before Dark, Soccer Down Here, the Atlanta Podcast, um, The Run-Up with Kelly Francis. Mm-hmm. I threw them in there. Who else? I mean, I think our listeners, too, get out there. and uh, it, yeah, yeah, if you want to throw some video of you trying yeah. the last dab. It, it, it really my, so my nowadays, don't they? So the three, uh, our, our good listener and, and a good friend of mine, Jenna, that we've we've heard from before. She's on all over our Twitter, our timeline, and everything. Friend of the show, friend Her of the show, avatar is friend Tina of the podcast from Bob's Burgers. So okay, good news. She she sent me three of the ones that they've used on the show. It's uh, I think it's uh, heartbeat hot sauce, which is like a pineapple habanero mixture. Um, she sent me Mad Dog 357 or 357 Mag Dog. I, f- yeah. I forget what uh, what order up. that's in. Let me look it up real quick. Send me some. Hot and then sauce. the other one. Um, Sorry, hold on. The, the other, the other, the other one is the last dab, which is the one that on this show, Hot Ones, on the uh, first we feast, on the first we feast uh, YouTube channel. That's the one that's supposed to be the hottest one. Three million plus on the Scoville scale or whatever. It's between they, two they, and three. They We're advertise. Exactly they, sure. So they advertise it at, at two million. Well, they say it's two million plus on the show, and then I actually looked it up on the internet, and it looked like it was. It I I saw three million. So I just, whatever, somewhere in between the two. Point is, it's supposed to be hot as hell. Didn't do it for I you. I was 
unbelievably disappointed with how weak that last I, I one think was. Some people don't. Mad understand. Dog. So Mad Dog three fifty seven was the hottest one, and th- and if you watch the video that I put out, that's the rea- That's the most reaction you're going to see out you of. You make me. some abhorrent sounds. After it's eating. it's bad. The burps and just oh the the. the yeah, Gags. it's like belching. It's like not disgusting. good. It's it's straight fire. Uh, I, but there are hotter ones out there. That one's only like at three hundred fifty-seven thousand Scoville. But the fact that I did that one, and then immediately after that, I did one that was supposed to be two million plus, and felt nothing. Hmm. Go watch the video. See, I don't think the Scoville scale accounts for something. This is why I, I did, think so it's bullcrap. Go ahead. Yeah, I, did, I don't even I know did, what that means. I did read, so it, it measures the level of hotness in yeah. terms of how, like, I forget like, what exactly the, 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 the scientific terminology they use. Well, but Scoville what, unit is what it's sure. called, essentially. It's like, the, it's a multiples of, uh, maybe a jalapeno, I don't know what it is, whatever, it's multiples of something. The point is, the higher the, higher the number, the, the hotter it's supposed to be. What I think the difference between Mad Dog 357 and uh, one like, uh, like, like the last dab is, the last dab is, I think, all natural. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mad Dog 357, I think, uses extract. Yes. And so that concentration on your tongue just lasts longer. Yes, it does. Um, and so I think that's the difference. Because I, I, I kid you not, if you watch the video, I go from that to uh, to the last dab, which if you've seen the show, these celebrities are reacting to the last dab as if it's hot as Hades. Well, sometimes. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't taste. I did it three times. Mm-hmm. Marketing ploy, maybe. Three times. I think what the Scoville scale fails to take into account is people's biology. Because I think your genetic makeup, your taste buds are going to be different than someone else's. So I feel like it's going to be different from person to person. And each sauce, each combination of spices, peppers, all that stuff is going to affect people in different ways. Because I've sat with people before and thought, like, we've all been sharing, like, an order of wings or something. One's hot. Hot, hot. And I haven't thought they were hot, but somebody else has thought they were hot. Then conversely, I've eaten something where it like burned my face off, but somebody sitting next to me can eat it and be fine. So I think that there's a very hard way to differentiate between yeah. all of everybody's different tastes. Whereas I think also the last dab, the reason that it's not hitting you as hard is because you just ate 357 so, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I think in order to truly test how hot the last dab is, you have to eat it without having anything else. So that's the one thing I'm going to try either tonight or tomorrow is actually try the last dab by itself without having had Mad Dog 357 beforehand. But that's what I've done these past few weeks to kind of work my way through this quarantine situation that we're all living in. Speaking of Spe- I can't COVID-19. wait for this segue. <laughs> I'm just sitting here waiting for you to try to segue into two a global, players, a global two pandemic. Two players. Two hot to hang. Two Atlanta United <laughs> players test positive for COVID-19. We don't know the names of those players, um, and they're going to, I think, take more. Uh, this was Saturday that they announced the second player was uh, tested positive. Both um, asymptomatic, by the way. Both asymptomatic, both in quarantine, both going through the whatever the protocol is for MLS. I'm not going to go through what it is. Uh, but I'm sure they're going to get tested, and they're going to be absolutely sure that— They won't be allowed back till they right. test negative. They're going to be absolutely sure that it's safe for them to come back for the other players and you know the training staff and all that stuff. I, I, the big question for me is is you've got two already. You've got a team in the Orlando Pride who, within the NWSL league, has already decided, yeah, we're just not going to do this. And you've got a state in Florida that's testing positive out the wazoo. They surpassed 100,000 cases, I believe, earlier. Is this worth it? You go first, Sam. Well. I have a lot to say about that. 
from hot sauce to a hot take. Oh, good. How about that? <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> there was really nothing you could work with. For, there really know, wasn't. But 10 this, minutes on hot sauce. But I, I, I will throw a hot take out there, and when I say hot take, this is actually an extremely cold take. Oh, okay. When you increase testing and scrutiny, guess what, fellas? You're you find out who has the virus. Cases, yes. Yeah. Cases were, of course, not even the cases aren't going up. It's the detected cases right. that are going, which is up. a good thing, right? Yeah. Because you're able to kind of more accurately forecast onto larger populations what it might actually look like in right. terms of the spread. Precisely. So that has helped, I think. But that doesn't excuse the irresponsibility of the Orlando Pride players who went out in a in a group to the bars yeah. that have opened in Florida. As an athlete and like as as someone that's like working to try to get back get sports back to at least being able to be shown on TV, I think you have a little bit of an added responsibility to not go out and do the things like just because somebody says, oh, yeah, we're opening the bars, that doesn't mean you have to go to them. So I think that the Orlando Pride situation is very unique because it shows the naivete yeah. of very young people, if you will. And, so, I, and I think that's – it's not the tests that could create a problem. It would be people potentially breaking quarantine and going out of the bubble during the, the tournament. Bubble. And that's what I worry about with MLS because remember Bill Hamid a few weeks ago came out with yeah. that statement that was like – Hey, I'm fine with resuming play, but we're adults. We shouldn't have to be right. treated in this bubble. Unfortunately, yeah, you're not all adults. Exactly. I can tell you right now. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> I know. If, if Bill Hamid could tell me with guaranteed 100 percent certainty yeah. that no MLS player will go out during that tournament and the bubble will be remained yeah. intact and everything, then yeah, that's fine. Maybe you can loose, loosen some restrictions. But he can't say that. He doesn't know. Yeah, it's not realistic. No, it's not. So I, I think that you just. Cases were going to go up. That was natural because you're testing more. The one thing that I think MLS has going for it here is that they are going to be in their own little world down there, so to speak, yeah. down in Orlando. Yeah. And, and regardless of what Bill Hamid wants, the league has said the players have to agree to the sort of bubble restrictions right. and, and not allow themselves to intermingle with the 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 commoners of Orlando, if you will. Well, that's a blessing, believe me. Yeah, yes, it is. I, I, so I would say this, Sam, because I think you mentioned Eric asked, "Is this worth it?" And there's just way, way too many people, particularly on Twitter, playing epidemiologist right now, saying, "No, we should not do this because you have two or three positive tests. Uh, you know, two with Atlanta and then some other ones around the league." By the way, if somebody has a bunch of letters or characters or weird things in their Twitter handle. And you're listening to them with your coronavirus advice, right? Don't do. I mean, I would. Yeah, I mean, Twitter is dangerous to listen to anyone about this. Don't listen stuff, to Bob eight five zero two three eight four six. No, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. And I would. Just, I mean, I think so. Look, we we have to look. First of all, it's not like MLS is the first league to try this. I, I, to my knowledge, every single league that has restarted. When the, when the players first came back into camp, there were a few positive tests because it's a global pandemic and it's contagious. Okay, That was also the first time they're being tested, correct? Exactly. Most and they're people, coming okay. back in and being tested for the first time. So as the waves of tests continue, you saw these numbers go down and you would still see some isolated cases. There are You can tell who the people are who are... So there's there's a few arguments in America right now. One of them, of course, is ridiculous, which is, is this a serious problem? Okay, the answer to that is obviously yes. COVID-19 is a, is a serious problem. It's to be taken seriously. If you disagree with me, 
Uh, I'm glad you're listening. Continue to listen, but I'm just <laughs> not going to go further. Yeah, we're with not going to engage any further in, <laughs> right. in this but discourse. Number two, okay, when there there has to be an acceptance that when we're in a situation like this, there's going to be an element of risk for everybody until there's until there's a vaccine available. The real and uh, like I said, you you can tell which people know this is a serious problem, but have not stayed up to date on the research and science that's come out on the virus. We know now that outdoor transmission is extraordinarily rare. Okay, we also know that professional athletes are about as low risk a group as you can possibly have younger, fitter people. Yeah, very much. And MLS said, you know, you can opt out if you have pre-existing conditions or any or any worries. You can opt out of this tournament. And number three, it's been tried elsewhere in the world. There have been positive tests and they've gotten back just fine. Number four, I know Florida is bad, but they're supposed to be isolated. Okay, it's not like they're going out in South Beach. Okay, so and number five, it's not like there aren't epidemiologists and scientists advising MLS on whether this is a wise move or not. You mean Don Garber's not just uh, putting on his <laughs> right. uh, lab coat? Last I checked, <laughs> the NBA has been seen as the trendsetter for, trendsetter for American sports and how they handle this virus. Last I checked, they're still going to Orlando. Mm-hmm. So it it, I, it really bothers me when I see people who 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 have. C- Obviously, none of us here are scientists, but there is science and research available. Hey, speak for can, yourself. I have a master of science. That's okay? true. You have Granted, ma- my master's master degree is in sci- sport management, but at, <laughs> UGA, <laughs> at UGA, the sports management uh, program is within kinesiology. Therefore, there my master's okay. degree is a master. It literally says master of science. There, Dr. Really? Frank over here. I know, right? Yeah, well, so other than Sam. The doctor. Science <laughs> in. But look, it's just, it's, it's, it's very frustrating. And I'm seeing Pablo Maurer with the athletic going on his t- on Twitter and s- irresponsibly saying this is just about the owners trying to make billions. Wait, MLS just is spewing it's, hot takes it's, on it's, Twitter? It's no. just ridiculous because this, this hysteria, all you have to do is look at every other country in the world that has restarted. Like I said, these are not an at-risk part of the population. If they are, they don't have to go. If you're able to test every day, like you said, Sam, you can identify who has it and get them out. And nobody's putting a gun to these guys' heads, whether it's the NBA or MLS, and, and not, saying, not saying you have to play. If they don't want to play, guess what? They don't have to. Right, and we're not <laughs> sitting here saying there's no risk attached, but there is risk attached to everything right now. You could walk and outside and get hit by a MARTA bus. Well, that's true, too. I mean, that's the thing. There's risk, inherent risk in everything. I would not feel Granted, it's like much more I'm going out on a limb to say a player has a better chance to tear his ACL in a game than he is to uh, be hospitalized uh, with COVID. If you look, if you and, and again, you're just looking at data and numbers that we have available to us. It's very frustrating to me. Again, you've got these group of people that understand the virus is to be taken seriously, but they're not paying attention to these specific things where you can take risks. Because it's all about risk-reward right now, right? I mean, nobody is going to stay in their houses for the next year. I, I would say athletes understand that they have a responsibility to play because we need this. And if the league can put them in a, in a place where they have minimized their risk as much as possible, then I don't see what the big deal is about people coming out saying this isn't worth it just because so, you've seen a couple players test positive. I agree with you. But to play devil's advocate, and there's, some, there's a certain level of truth to what I'm about to say, if it's a serious, if it's a serious situation that we're currently living in, if, if, it's, if it's a, a, a health crisis, like, as we all consider it, it is, to be, yeah. mm-hmm. sports is very much far down the list in terms sure. of things that are actually important. On top of that, 
from what I gathered in this uh, press or video conference with Darren Eels the other day was that the the I guess the people at Disney that are going to be doing all the trans- transportation and working the the stadiums also whatever they're doing in terms of right. working at the at the uh, inside the bubble we'll call yeah. it they're going to be able to leave the bubble right they're unionized so that you cannot sure. require them to stay yeah so they're going to be able to leave the bubble they're going to be able to come back in the bubble they're going to be able to a- interact with whoever they want outside the bubble and then come back in the bubble and then interact with the players to whatever level the we're talking about a lot of bubbles here but yes, <laughs> yes we are talking about a lot of- so my point is I, I I get what you're saying and that but but it's it's like you're trying to have it both ways. We both want to treat it as a serious disease, disease, but we are a serious situation, but we also want to not treat it serious enough to where we we right. have to come in but look, and play the this this tournament that ultimately right now means absolutely But nothing. that's the world we live in right now, man. It's I it's, agree with it's, you. It's, it means it's, a CCL spot though, Eric. <laughs> Can you I mean, look, I mean, they freaking do. <laughs> the, first of all, I would disagree that sports isn't high up uh I think sports in a in a time like this is critical to 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 morale amongst people, and I well, think, and the economy, it's and a I, huge part of the economy. Sure, and I think I think the sports leagues, and I think most athletes recognize that. You haven't heard a lot of athletes come out and say, "I don't want to do this," except Kyrie Irving, who thinks the Earth is flat. No, I, and I would, I would. You've heard some. But, I would disagree. I think you haven't heard from the. You've heard from the loudest people within the from the, from from within these clubs. And sure. I think they're probably. I'm not gonna say for sure because I'm not in there, but they're probably representative of. Everyone, but most of the people in those clubs. Otherwise, they wouldn't just be selling. But MLSPA, I mean, the Players Association agreed to the yeah, play this because tournament. Because I think MLSPA understands that if there's no tournament, there's a possibility that maybe there's no season next year because they've lost so much money. I don't. This year. I don't. I don't think that is a possibility. I, I really don't. An, I think you lose enough money to make it a legitimate concern. There may be yeah, one or two know. owners in the league that I think would be sweating it, but I don't think every owner. Oh, would but be. keep in mind. They all buy into the league. The league is its own entity. Of course. Right, right. So right. if the league falls, it's not like one boner can can prop the whole thing up. The league falls, the league falls. I just They've already lost a billion but, dollars but this year. They're but, trying to recoup what they can sure. out of this year, which I completely understand. I'm not saying they shouldn't. And honestly, I want to see games being played. But it's like again, devil's advocate. We're trying to have sure. both, both, but we're trying to get both sides to kind of agree with each other. We both want to. Uh, That's life right now. Got to meet in the middle somewhere. Treat it as a serious, serious. Because either can you tell either, that to everyone on either Twitter, it's by the way? either it's serious enough. Either we're going to call it a serious pandemic, a serious health crisis in in the world we live in, or we're not. And if I I think that if we're not going to, if we're going to open up the world of these athletes send them to Orlando expose them to potential risk for this to this virus i don't think that's as serious as we're as we're making it out to be no, I don't think I don't think it's nearly as. I mean, if anything, I think they're safer than you or I going to work, Eric, because think, they're in a I, controlled environment right. where they're getting tested every day or every other day. But they're going to get exposed at some point. So, like one, at least one of these teams, right? If not more, and but I would my venture argument, to guess, I would venture to guess more than one of these teams is going to at some point come into contact with some whatever. You're one right. of these teams is going to have a star player go down because of it, because of the because of COVID, and then you're going to ask these same players who I'm sure have been tested over and over and over again while they're there to then go back to their families. Let's not even talk about the fact that they're leaving their families during all this. It's 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 just a weird dynamic between. Or is this a serious thing that we're that we're all going through, or is this not as serious that we can't 
holds. But schools. I don't, I don't, I don't see how how MLS is saying this is not serious. I think they're saying it's important that we play for our league, for our fans, and that we're going to make this as safe as possible. And Eric, to your point about the league folding, NBA is not going to fold if they miss this season, and their players' association oh, has no yeah, co- yeah. problem coming back and doing the exact same thing, being in Orlando oh, well, I, uh, and being in Orlando. A- NBA is different just because the players hold all the power in that league. Sure, and the players said, let's do it. That's let's not go. Same. That's not the same with baseball. That's not the same but with... But the uh, players said, let's go. So again, I just think people are really overreacting to this, to these, these, these... Uh, I mean, it's just way too absolute of a take to say right now, what, whatever we are, two, a little over two weeks out, to say just because a handful of players tested positive, which again, is to be expected... Right? I'm because not, I'm, look, I'm not saying I know. I'm I understand. Play, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I'm not arguing with you, Eric. I'm arguing with the point that you're presenting. I think very eloquently. But the reality is, you are arguing with him. Then. Yeah, but I know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's more the point. That's yeah. true. Anyways, you know, I, you know, I don't. Yeah, but, but I'm just I consider mean, me Twitter. Yes, I think <laughs> for the sake of the conversation. <laughs> I just think. I mean, again, you, report for you to go. And, and, and again, I, I get it from fans. I'm seeing people in the media, in the know, coming out and saying. This tournament should not be played. And their reasoning is something that we saw everywhere else in the world. People test positive when they initially came back. Yep. Those leagues went on. Those leagues are fine. So it's just irresponsible and unnecessarily hysterical to come and say, oh, this tournament should not happen. I agree. Because you're in a situation that really I think MLS and the people within the league expected to be in. I think the most asinine take that I'm seeing out there is people saying, oh, well, because cases are going up in Florida, they shouldn't resume in Florida. That's the entire purpose of the bubble. Like, that's the entire purpose of them keeping everything in one place. Like, if they're in Wide World of Sports Complex in Disney and nobody else can get in, and and granted, Eric was talking about the staff and all that stuff. I just heard the bus drivers reference. That's why I keep bringing up bus drivers. They're going to be under the most scrutiny. Even if they go out in their their free time or whatever, that's great. They're still going to be wearing masks. They're still going to be wearing gloves. They're still going to – that's the thing. The transmission is – if you're wearing a proper vent, the proper face mask, an N95 or the equivalent or whatever the CDC tells you, one that has a filter, one that whatever. If you're wearing proper equipment, you're not going to be able to spread it anyway. So um, even if you know those people are allowed, if the MLS players stick to the rules and don't go out, and maybe they need to institute some sort of anonymous snitch line like the NBA mm-hmm. has. I thought that was hilarious when they came out, basically saying that NBA players snitch can, like, line. Yeah. report each That's other. Snitch line. I guarantee you LeBron's going to be like, yeah, uh, I saw Kawhi Leonard yeah. and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> out, and they were not wearing masks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's definitely going to happen. But no, I, I think the MLS players will be responsible. I hope Bill Hamid has learned his lesson because I was just scrolling through his Twitter earlier, and guess what? That tweet with the stuff about treating us like adults, that's not on his timeline oh, I'm anymore. I'm sure they said get that off. And look, the Imagine thing is, even, even if – and I to be honest with you, I – I, we may never learn about it. I bet you some player sneaks out. I, I bet sure. you know. You, but there's always going to be people that don't want to follow. Where's, the rules. where's Carlton? That's yeah, right. Well, Andrew, oh, thank God he's not yeah, in right. MLS right. That would right be now. yeah. Uh, they could just have they have to have the bubble in Canada because he could never get there. <laughs> Although USL, uh, they're resuming their season. Yeah, USL too. coming back as well. But I, you know, I, look, if you can test and you can isolate and you have 99% of the people in that bubble doing what they're supposed to do. You have to have a passport to go to Florida. Things <laughs> well you should. Things <laughs> That's true. Things will should be fine. And look, this is not me and us saying that 
MLS absolutely should have the tournament. It's me telling you, you cannot say it should not happen based on the information that we have right now. I think bottom line is let the scientists yeah. handle the science. Yeah. Like there, There's no right reason for anyone else to be spewing. Like, like Pablo Maher or whoever, guess who I give zero credence to when it comes to epidemiology and knowing how a virus spreads right. and all that stuff? Pablo Mauro. And again, he, he knew about COVID before you did. And he, must have really, he knew it so. months ago. Of course he months, knew. Months before. He knew. He just didn't say anything. And again, and again, like, no one is saying this, and I know we're about to move on. No one is saying this is not serious, but if you're going to come out and say this tournament shouldn't happen, you should do a little more research on what's been learned about the virus since there, since since scientists started looking at it. Because there like, are people- being scared of life moving on. There life are, has to move Right. On. These guys are going to work. They're taking risks. So are we. And and hopefully we don't get to a point where we have to go back into our houses, although that's looking a little bit iffy right now, but we won't get into that. Um, Thanks oh, a lot, I, Florida. I, I, I mean, we don't have to get into this, but I have a feeling that by August or September, yeah, we're, I think we're, we're, we're going back in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we're I I'm not happy about the that 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 you know the prospects of that happening, but I have a feeling that that's the numbers are cer- going to certainly happen. telling. Send us more hot sauce. <laughs> All right, yeah. before we keep going, we're going to talk about Barco and the transfer rumors. We're also going to talk about uh, Darren Eels trolling Atlanta United fans and basically Love all less. Love it. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, LGP going to Miami. But first, we'd be remiss if after all this time we didn't talk about our sponsor, Lucid FC. Yeah. Oh, the lads, yeah. the lads. I got my hat. Dirty South right. Soccer. Well, and. Well, the and sound- you mess up the read immediately. Good work. Because <laughs> it says Dirty South Soccer. I just read it. I just read it. up the read. I just read it. Mouth of South Podcast brought to you by uh, Lucid FC. Distinctly modern clothing line based right here in Atlanta. Reflects a deeply British uh, American heritage design approach. Uh, promotes freedom of fashion, gender, and role. Uh, their iconic logo is immediately recognizable. They got trousers, pants for you Americans, outerwear, hats, shirts, hoodies. They uh, have been really... Uh, Promoting their their masks, Mask. which have their have their some. logo right. on them, which actually looks pretty cool. Uh, if you still need a mask, which what are you doing? But go get one from Lucid FC. Uh, ask me what Lucid FC stands for. What does it stand for? Lucid Footwear and Clothing. Oh, perfect match for all the football club fans. Is it what does the FC stand for in Lucid? Yeah. Okay, Sorry, so I you screwed that, that part of the read up. <laughs> uh, check them out, LucidFC.us. Uh, see why celebrities love them. Uh, check out their social media, Instagram. Yeah. Um, they got their, their coat Snapchat. of arms stuff I've been looking at recently. Yeah, it's they really cool. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, LucidFC.us. I mean, if LucidFC was a hot sauce, they'd be Mad Dog 357 because they constantly bring the fire. Too hot. Too hot to handle. Um, all right, so LGB going to Miami. Less than a year. Since he was transferred from Atlanta United, it's a wild one, huh? It stings. It does sting a does little it? bit. Do you miss him? I mean, uh, no. But Time I, out. <laughs> first of all, we've only seen. The funny thing is, is that of course he didn't I miss last, him. He, he lasted what ten games? It, okay, outside next? of outside of uh, MLS yeah. with the Jolos. Yeah. Sure. Although he scored, didn't he score two I think or three he did. goals? Yeah, two yeah he went full Leroy Jenkins, charged up the field, <laughs> yeah. got himself yeah, some yeah, goals. Ridiculous. Look, you're always going to miss a player because look, you romanticize the beginning of your club and the beginning of Atlanta United. LGP was one of the first signings in Atlanta United history. I mean, he was one of the early yeah. guys on the roster. And he, because of his style, I think especially in the early goings of Atlanta United, because of his gung-ho, throw-caution-to-the-wind style, that ingratiates yourself to your fan base. Like, the the way that he played, the the never-say-die attitude, I think, was, was very good for an up-and-coming team. And... Atlanta United probably doesn't win MLS Cup in 2018 
without him on the back line. I mean, he, they were a very without question. Exactly, a very he was a very good player for Atlanta United for a few years under Frank DeBoer. Probably not the best fit because Frank wants defenders that are going to be more disciplined, stay in their roles, because the creativity from a Frank DeBoer setup is going to come from your midfielders Mm -hmm. and your forwards. Mm -hmm. The defenders have to stay disciplined, have to stay in their spots. Mainly the center backs because you have the fullbacks that push forward and overlap sometimes. But the center backs have to stay disciplined and have to stay in their zones to make it successful because there's nobody that's going to be able to cover that running back. So when you have a guy like LGP, just wasn't going to be a fit. And then ultimately, when he spoke out against Frank DeBoer's setup and everything at MLS All-Star last year, that really felt like that was just going to be the end of him really being with Atlanta United long term. And yes, he's a player that if you're an Atlanta United fan, you have strong emotional attachment to. But for the system the way it is now, Atlanta United probably has the better player in Mezzo. I will say that 2017, 2018, he definitely trended upward. You saw the best out of what you were going to get out of LGP. 2019 is where he took a dip, and I'm perfectly fine with – look, I, I wasn't ecstatic that he left, but I'm perfectly fine with the transfer, with what they got for him. Um, and, it, it, it hurt at the time, but then when you saw what happened and then you saw Meza integrate right. into the There was a clear plan well. yeah. to replace so him. So it's, like, it's not like they just had this massive hole at center back. They had something to replace him right. with, and, and I, we only have two games to really base it off of, but – Initially, and again, just based off two games, it looks like Meza is the better and more disciplined defender. You can look through his history as a player, right. too, at Liga MX and in Chile to see that, the, aside from those two games that he's played in MLS, is more or less a proven defender at right. this level. Right. I'm not worried about you know what Meza brings you and, and what, you, what you lose in LGP, because I know that, if nothing else, you're... If nothing else, it's going to even itself out. Yeah, I think Sam brings up a really good point about Mesa being a better fit for the system. One of the things we talked about forty years when we forty years ago when we signed him or whatever it was uh, was 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 that his passing percentage was extraordinarily high. Mm-hmm. So I mean that doesn't indicate that he's you know as a center back that means you're playing simple quick passes, right? If he was LGP, might his passing percentage a little lower because he's trying those long balls right. out of the back and he's really good at it, but it just like you said Sam, not so much what Frank DeBoer wants. I think what the LGP does did do for Atlanta United like really quickly is that you look at Miles Robinson and Miles when he started with Atlanta United I think one thing LGP did was instill confidence in Miles, teach him how to have a little bit more of an edge, like play a little bit more aggressively. Because Miles, when he first started getting minutes, was, was pretty tepid. Like he wasn't yeah. a very aggressive player. And I think you saw playing alongside LGP, he grew into that. He started to get a little more aggressive, sure. not take crap from other players. You kind of got the best out of both worlds, both worlds with Mike, uh, Michael Parkhurst and and LGP. So yes. you got the aggressiveness, and you've got the 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 confident captain and and. You know, more disciplined defender in in, in Michael Parker. Yeah. So Miles so it, learned from some yeah. very good defenders. It works out really great. I guess the the, la- the the only thing I'd say about this is LGP coming. You know, when he left, the initial what the club said, and obviously we speculated. I think for good reason that he, him and DeBoer were not the best fit. But the club said, "Well, we always knew we, we were going to move him on if he could get a pay raise." Now he's back in MLS six months later or whatever, and I think he probably got a pay raise again. But clearly, he wasn't trying to get out of the league. No, he's just he's maybe more or less Frank. trying to get away. And you know what? I, I get it, and it, it, and I don't hold it against either DeBoer or him because, as Sam I think put it very well, they, for tactical reasons, they weren't a particularly good fit. Not because what Pires does is not valuable, or because DeBoer's system is 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 a bit. Uh, 
is a bit wacky. It's just because they don't fit each other's system. I will hold well. it a little bit against LGP for, mm. for vocalizing in a spot he shouldn't have yeah, been vocalizing yeah, in. Yeah, right, right. Like going to national media at the MLS All-Star Game, that was a bad spot to do that kind of airing of dirty law. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, in that problem, I, I imagine the writing was, is more that, or less on the wall at yeah, that point. Yeah, that was that was the height of the frustration, though. So I don't, I don't blame him. And he's, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that he would do something like that. I, I still to this day don't think that that was a. What did I call it back the then? Reason. Insubordination. Yeah. Insubordination. Yeah. I don't think that that was the reason. I think that might have <laughs> been great. a a small a sliver of a reason. Maybe like you know, if they were debating, like, should we do this or not? That was like. Maybe the tap that pushed. I think it's more LGB just an over. indication of where things stood. Sure, yeah. More than anything, uh, yeah. I, I and, tend to and, agree and I think with you. Something needed and, to and come to you, it. Needed, yeah. you needed someone, not because of his attitude or what he said, but I think you needed someone new because of the type of player LGP yeah. was, and Emeza came in and and seems to be a good fit, you know, for yeah. the time being. And LGP just left too many bad positions on the field. Well, yeah. I mean, he's 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 a center back that takes risks in in whether whether uh, attacking or defending. I mean, that just that's just the type of player he is. True did you guys Ramos. Did mm-hmm. you guys check out Daniel's target list? Transfer target list. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to sign Gareth Bale. Arthur Blank better Bale. Uh, open up the checkbook. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah. Lionel Messi? Who mm. else is on there? Griezmann? Bale, like Griezmann was on there, yeah. I think it was one more, wasn't it? Matt Moore. Matt Moore. Let's so, that's the That's one the I want to focus on. That's the big name on there. Matt Moore is the one I want to focus on because this is how you knew it was the ultimate troll job from Darren Eels. First of all, Matt Moore, part of the Atlanta United front office. And he co-hosts a podcast with Darren Eels. And he co-hosts a podcast with Darren Eels. Wow. And according to a former member of the Ryan, uh, of the Ryan, of the Atlanta United front office, Ryan Cantonese, he is the Chicharito of the club. Whoa. Chicharito of staff soccer. So you're saying he's got some disrespect. The Chicharito of staff soccer is what he tweeted out to me earlier today. Wow. So, guys, I think 2020 is looking bright. Ryan, we miss you. I also like how uh, Rob Usry wrote the article for Dirty (laughs) South Soccer and apparently decided to refer to Matt Moore as the Carolina Panthers backup quarterback from a billion years ago when it was quite obviously the person who... What did you say his role? You're actually in media, Eric. What did you say his role is with the team, Matt He's the Moore? the digital content community. Digital content. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out how Rob didn't know who this person was and instead went with old, longtime backup quarterback. You're supposed to be checked in with the club, Rob. I mean, come on. Director of digital and broadcast. Okay, so again, so that cracked me up that they were like, oh, Carolina Panthers old quarterback, Matt Moore. Uh, pretty sure that's not who he was talking about, and someone who works in Atlanta United Media should probably know that. I didn't do you think Darren Eels even knows who backup quarterback no, Matt Moore no, is? No, because they do this all the time. He's the one that they pick on. So that's okay. How you, if, that's how you immediately knew it was a troll job because I, I, look, I didn't see it at the time, but when I saw the Dirty South Soccer post and I saw that name, I was like, guys, this is clear. I mean, obviously they knew what you know. Right. Rob knew it wasn't it wasn't real, but as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh gosh, that's that was the key. Detail right there, but you got to know because on that call you had you know Paul Tenorio, you had uh, Jonathan Tannenwall, you had you know uh, you know, uh, is it Jeff Carlisle? Was he on yeah, there, Carlisle? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who else, but they were national media, and I'm sure they saw it at some point. They were like, oh my gosh, is it really a target list? <laughs> who's who's this Matt Moore guy? And I'm sure Darren News is like, who's gonna fall for this? Who's gonna take the bait? Who's Matt Moore? <laughs> Who is this Matt Moore? Well, it's funny because I think all of those players that are on Atlanta United's, you know, quote-unquote transfer list there are going to end up in MLS at some point. At some point. Some yeah. of them could, yeah. Especially Matt Moore. <laughs> he's already in it. Yeah, he's now just got to make the step to playing. Right. 
kid that might not be in MLS too much longer is Ezekiel Barco, who we are now seeing more transfer rumors of, um, specifically linked to teams like Fiorentina and Lyon. Well, Fiorentina couldn't afford us. That club is in financial <laughs> ruin. Yeah, that that one didn't make a lot of sense. What I love is that. What I love is the 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 phrasing of uh, of some of the the I guess the tweets and maybe the headlines, despite denials from within the Atlanta United camp. I don't think that denial is 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 the right phrasing, because it's not. What Atlanta United constantly does is, is not either not talk about players in the contract, or in this case, what they said is that they have not been contacted by. Uh, by any clubs out, you know, about Barco. Yeah, they don't negotiate in the media. They're not denying. They're saying it didn't happen. We have not been contacted. That's not denying. And well, Barco, on top of that, Barco didn't suggest that the, the club has been contacted either. He's basically just said that his representatives, that his agent, is the, is the one that's been contacted. And you know how loopholes work. Like, they could say we haven't been contacted by any clubs but they certainly could have heard from Barco's agent who has been contacted by clubs. Yeah. And I think when you look at this, for, first of all, and we'll just take, this is what we always say, right? Don't look at the rumor and say Ezekiel Barco is linked with Fiorentina. Try to piece the rumors together and see which way the wind is blowing. Who? What's the last time we remember uh, someone associated with Atlanta United going on Argentine radio and, and, and explicitly mentioning other destinations? Tata Martino, when he went on there and talked about Argentina and Colombia, and then Eric said he's going to stay. Uh, <laughs> oh, you had to go there. had to go there. But look, so... 99% we're, sure. We're kind, we're kind of learning about... I'm 99% sure Barco's not going anywhere. Yeah, well, oh, great. Barco's going somewhere. Bye, yeah, Barco. There we go. Only you can save us, Eric. But, you know, so, you know, we've been and we've talked about this. We're going to kind of learn about the nuances and some of the trends we can find in South American media and the transfer market and rumor market. One thing we're seeing is that the these Argentinian players, when they want to get a message out, not just to their club, but to others, they go on radio there and let people know. So Tata Martino goes on radio there and he says Argentina would be a great place to coach. Colombia would be a uh, I don't even know if he mentioned Mexico in that radio, but that's him saying, look, no, Mexico was a surprise. Yeah, I, I that, think it was a surprise. It, it was rumored, but he didn't mention uh, Mexico no. explicitly in that interview. But that was him not saying, I'm going to Colombia, I'm going to Argentina. He was saying, I might leave. People are after me. So, you know, you guys out there be on alert and try and try to and try to come hire me. And then so he shot a paper ball into a trash can and said, Leron. And then, yeah, right. I mean, a legend. And and then, of <laughs> course, uh, and now we have Ezekiel Barco coming out and mentioning uh, Fior- Fiorentina, uh, ex- you know, s- explicitly saying, uh, th- that they had made contact. Then he goes on, and I love this to say, "Yeah, of course, I'd love to play at Manchester City." You know, like <laughs> so. What he's doing is he's saying, "Look, me and my agent are interested in making a move." And by men- mentioning Fiorentina and Manchester City, that virtually covers every type of club in Europe that could possibly well, be after. Are, are you him. talking about the Aguero co- quote? Yeah, he says, so, "I'd love to go play with my friend." The conversation that he, what he, what he's quoted as saying, seems like it was all a joke. The way it's phrased, it looks more like a joke. Right, so he's more like, like a, oh, man, it'd be fun if you came and played right. over here. No, it. and I think that, right, he's not saying that they've made right. contact, and I think Fiorent, uh, Man City is just as unrealistic to get Barco as Fiorentina is, just on different sides of the right. spectrum. But by saying this, he's telling he's telling the world, me and my agent are interested in making a move, and then he mentions a club in Fiorentina who's like does, a mid-table team, and then a club in Manchester City who are a Champions League contender. He does say Fiorentina would be a nice possibility. Right, so he's saying about, oh, that would be nice, that would be but, cool. But, I mean, he's, he's, he's throwing the line out there to see what, what he can possibly re- rake in. It, this is 
This is how this the game me, works. Yeah, this is, to me is nothing though. No, well, no, I'd say the link to Fiorentina is nothing. I but what this does tell me because this is the first time, to my knowledge, that he's gone on the radio. I mean, he said some generic. We've heard, we've heard other links for Barca, and, and he said some generic stuff in the past. Like, yeah, I'm thinking about going to yeah. Europe, but this is the first time we've heard him say, "Oh yeah, Fiorentina would be nice." You know that he's actually mentioned a destination. So it's not saying he's going to go to Fiorentina, but it's him and his agent sending a message because we assume this is a player that's in demand in Europe, saying, "Look." I'm going to leave soon. There are a lot of clubs after me. And when have we seen this before? Tata Martino trying to you know, get himself recruited to go get an inter- international job. Who knows? Maybe he had the Mexico job locked up at that point. Yeah. Wanted to see if there are other options. We don't know that. But what we can see here is that the media is being used so Barco and his agent can let everyone know there's a bidding war for me. Give me a bunch of money. And we already know that there are clubs in Europe interested in him. Or possibility of no clubs are interested right now and this is a gambit to try to get clubs and, and you know he to your point sam he actually did mention that in the interview he says the, because after he mentions fiorentina he's like but we don't know what's going to happen in this right. pandemic so yeah. there are so many moving parts right now but there's always it, a possibility though of hey i'm not really i mean i'm not unhappy at atlanta united but i'd rather go play somewhere bigger so somebody come get me even though I, there's I, no yeah. interest i mean that's always possible i agree but i wouldn't say yeah i wouldn't say happiness or, or unhappiness is a even a factor here no it's not yeah. Well, he, he does. He does mention that uh, he's talked to his friends in, in Argentina. I guess friends, soccer players in Argentina, and says, I guess not. Things aren't going too great down there. Yeah. He mentioned how you actually get paid on time <laughs> in MLS. <laughs> like it's nice. You get paid uh, on time. But he also kind of took a jab at MLS, saying, you know, they're they're pretty strict when it comes to you know payments and I guess contracts and and that kind of stuff. Um, is I think is what he's referring to. It's like they paid me do, on time, but they couldn't pay me as much as maybe Fiorentina or I do uh, sit Man back, City. Could. I do look. I do sit back and think, man, Tito Vijalba must be. I, I don't want to say hurting, but there's a certain level of security you get by playing in MLS or, in a, or you know, Europe, but that's not realistic for him. Um, or even like in a country like Mexico where, where even the, the financial situation for some of those teams aren't great, but at least MLS, you've got a little, seemingly you have a little more stability than, than many other places. I wonder you also how, have a far oh, less like, chance I, I hope, of a family member getting kidnapped I and hope, held for ransom. I hope, he's doing, I hope he's doing great, but I, 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 do, I do wonder. They shouldn't play the league. It's not worth it. <laughs> I do wonder what's going on with him. <laughs> Um, what else do we want to hit? Sorry, I'm looking at the thing. You're you're fine. I mean, and just briefly, what Sam. I mean, it's interesting if we talk briefly about Fiorentina because since they've gotten uh, Rocco Camiso, who's an Italian American, he has injected some cash into the club. But if you look again, if you go and look at what Barco makes and compare it to Fiorentina players, he would come right in there and be probably the highest wage earner, and then the transfer fee they'd have to spend on him, they have not spent in recent times. They can't times. afford. I, they, so, I, I still, and, still and don't think they if can. they did, they would be literally saying, this is the guy to, the to guy. lead our club, yeah, which about, I don't about. think is a great situation for Barco if that were to happen. No. Is that the hand sanitizer smell? Is it the, the hand sanitizer smell? Who did that? That it wasn't me. It, who's it hand, me. Whose hand sanitizer is that? It ain't mine. What did you whip out? That grape I didn't smell? Do anything. Yeah, you talked about what is it? Grape? You were grape talking about fruit. Grape fruit. When I get a whiff of grape, I'm thinking about other things other than any. No, let's not. Let's just end the conversation. Like a grapey soda or something. Someone's got uh, some. Good, good. This is very relatable to the listener. Listen, they want entertainment. <laughs> in times like these, what you does need it smell like in the studio? Hot sauces. <laughs> And fruity toots. It's okay, to the vents. Fruity toots, <laughs> guys. I think we'll get a little more in depth on MLS's back next week uh, as we get closer yeah. to the uh, we can to actually, the tournament. Yeah. What? Uh, and we'll know what players are actually going to be able to play. And I, I, I am going. I am. I will say I am going to Florida next week for or well, this week for a wedding. So 
So he's bringing back coronavirus. We'll see. Come with masks. And Blame Eric. Biohazards. <laughs> Blame Eric. <laughs> it's his fault. It's all settled. Fargo is 99% staying with Atlanta United. There we you go. Just well, I was about that. to say something dumb. So I was about to say you couldn't chance. pay me enough money to go to Florida right now, but that's not true. I will say, for the sake of for the sake of having fun, for the sake of content, if you do want to do the, the last dab, whatever... Um, if you do end up doing hot sauce, whatever hot sauce you want to do, if you haven't tried it and want to try it, send us the videos. We'll have fun with it. We'll play your reactions and your yeah. your, your 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 screams. Your, well, I ordered your fire some last dab triple X, but like the uh, my like shipping has been in pre shipment for like five days. I'm like, send me my damn hot sauce. I've got one more hot sauce coming. Um, I think I forget what it's a los. Los Calientes. Oh, you should have gotten the bomb. No, because that I'm, <laughs> that's I'm, the one again, that everybody always I'm says. Trying, like I'm trying worst. to I'm trying to get a good balance of heat and flavor, and that's just heat and literally nothing of flavor. I'll suggest one for you that's readily available on Amazon. This is the one I like the best for its mix of heat and flavor. It's called Gator Hammock. Gator Hammock. Yes, and it's super easy to find on Amazon. Just type in Gator Hammock, and it's uh, the Gator sauce. It's, uh, it comes in like a a decent sized bottle but it's the stuff i'll pour on literally everything yeah go check out go check out the youtube video it's on our uh, mlts podcast youtube channel Um, oh one more thing we have not gotten to yet on the show if you were getting ready to wrap up yeah i was but go ahead 10 years ago today oh yes i forgot about that as we record this on uh, tuesday june 23rd josh has a has the best story of all of us well so i'll go last let's save the best for last but 10 years ago today June 23rd, 2010, 90 minutes in, and the USA is looking like they're about to get bounced from the World Cup. Oh, no. In the group stage. You're kidding the me. second World Cup in a row because they got bounced in 06. Wait, the, the USA made the World Cup? <laughs> this, this was 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. 10 years. This was 10 years ago. <laughs> but um, they were playing against Algeria, and of course, uh, there was a, a, a really close header at Tim Howard. Yeah. And Algeria could have scored. This story's scary. I mean, Algeria could have scored. Like, like I don't think people realize this when you go back to the story enough because you just get lost in the fanfare of what happened next. But there was a cross in, and an, an Algeria striker had, like, I don't remember the guy's name. He had, like, a free header on Tim Howard, and Tim was able to – it was a bad header. Like, yeah, he held right it and him. started it. Yeah. He held it. Is there a happy Outlets, ending to this scary story? I Outlets so. to Landon Donovan. Donovan charges up the right side. The Algeria defense is in sixes and sevens Oh, at this boy. Point. Okay, all right. And – Nice little outlet pass to Josie Altador, who sends it across to Clint Dempsey, who just kind of scuffs it right at the keeper. Oh, no. The ball just sitting in the middle of the box. Oh, God. And who comes to save the United States? Who is it? Landon Donovan. Landy Cakes, the GOAT. Go, go, USA! Go, go, USA! What a moment. Needing a win, of course, to, 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 to get out of the group. Not only that, but it ended up, because of the way that the group set up, USA actually finished first ahead of England. That's right, champions, champions of the of the group in 2010. We don't. Where's the trophy? Why don't they they raise that to the rafters? But no, I mean Landon Donovan's goal. I mean we all know where we were. 90 group, plus one. Group B winners of the. I was, I was at my buddy Stevens' house in Athens, and you know, I think we had watched like the first couple group stage games, like at bars or whatever in Athens, but. You guys might be the same as me. A game as meaningful as that one, I wasn't gonna be watching it near anyone. Okay, like, you know, like I needed to be. Like, I'm reverse the reverse of you. It but, was uh, me and um, Josh. You remember Stephen Hartzell, of course. Um, so we're Good sitting friend. there, and uh, you know, Druid Hills legends, obviously. Yes, uh, we're sitting there watching. Me and Sam with high school together, by the way. If you Just didn't so know that already. Okay. 
Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we're just sitting there watching. It's 90 minutes in. You're like, God, the U.S. is about to get dumped. And missed a ton Cup. of chances in that match. They really did. Yeah. But Landon Donovan saves the day. Uh, the reactions on YouTube around the world are. are I get goosebumps every time I watch that uh, that montage on yes. YouTube. Of, oh, of man. The, with, the, the, with the Rudy yeah. music. Stuff. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's where I was. I was in Athens just watching on my buddy's couch. And I mean, you know. If you didn't cry, you're not a human being. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a fan, like I mean that that was one of the most incredible sports yeah. moments in my entire Special. life, and I'll never forget that. And I just want to, you know, if he's listening, thank you, Landon, because I mean, if that imagine if that hadn't happened, I mean, USA didn't make the World Cup in 2018, but what would have happened, you know, then if they hadn't have like had that happen and then getting out of that group, you never know, but. Big. Such a special moment. I was working at a uh, at at the Arena Tavern here in the in Duluth. Oh yeah, uh, as a server, and we were watching it on the TV. And when I tell you that time stopped and no one cared about anything, and beer flew everywhere, and drinks flew everywhere, and some food flew everywhere. Yeah, it was a lot of cleanup after the fact, but man, those two and a half minutes of, of just sheer joy. Yeah. We're pretty amazing. Well, you say packed. time. You say time stopped. Imagine being Landon Donovan. Like you're charging up the field. The keeper gets down, parries that ball from Clint Dempsey, almost to the penalty spot. I mean, it was it was literally like almost to the penalty spot. You're Landon Donovan charging in. You know the keeper can't get to you in time. You just got to slot that thing home. His eyes must have gotten the size of watermelons. Oh, I yeah. mean, like seeing that, like, oh, I'm going to become a legend real quick here. You know, just it's set up incredible. perfectly. But for Josh, him. as I teased so, earlier, has the best story of all of us. Go. Here. I do. Are you? Are you, I mean, it sounded like the bar this was is complete, fun. This is completely different. So go ahead. You're going to change the subject. No, okay. not change the subject. It's same World Cup. Just go. Okay. Well, I have the best <laughs> story, and that's why Eric wants me to go because I was there. Landon Donovan and the United States men's national team bench celebrated at the opposite corner flag from yeah, where I was sitting. You were in Pretoria. Sitting. Yep, in Pretoria. I have photos to prove it, although at that time I had uh, some sort of mop on my head and uh, <laughs> needed a haircut pretty badly. Um, but it was, um, it's hard to explain when you're, I mean, for for a couple minutes you're like, this is literally the best place to be in the world right now. And it was it was so special. And, uh, and it, you know, the game was so crazy because... It, it was a chance after chance miss. Peppering. I mean, uh, Clint Dempsey and Josie Alta were basically missing wide open goals. You have a goal called back in the first half. I mean, it just was looking like it wasn't to be, and um, a great moment. And kudos to Landon Donovan because he did not. Ha- I mean, I know it's the finish is pretty simple, but he doesn't have to trail the play there. And that's the thing because once he passes off to Altador. A lot of players probably would have just stopped and watched, especially in the 93rd minute when you're and you're and you know and uh, you've been playing the whole game and tired and and uh, for him to follow the play and score it was it was just so 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 cool to be there and uh, ten years later. I wish we could go back 10 years ago because it is a freaking mess now. But and, and that 2010 team, by the way, very underrated. Um, I think if you go back and look at the 11, I mean, you've got Chirundolo, you've got Boca Beasley Negra. came off the bench in that yeah, game. You've, yeah, Beasley, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Landon Donovan. Uh, Benny Pri- Failhammer was in there. Prime Clint Dempsey, up, you know, uh, Prime uh, Josie Altidore. That was the first, that was the first years of Jurgen too, right? No, that was Bob Bradley. No, that was Bob Bradley. Oh, that was before Jurgen. Because Jurgen didn't yes. take Landon yes. Donovan into the right. You had you had a good center back pairing, you know, with with uh, I think it was Jada Merritt and Bocanegra were actually right. the two center backs. What a um, it was a good picture of uh, Bocanegra and uh, Tim Howard chilling with Bill Clinton. I saw that earlier today. So that was a good team, and 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 I you know we didn't 
in retrospect, I really didn't give Bob Bradley enough credit because that team really played some good, some good stuff. Yep. And uh, and uh, he got the best out of the lineup yeah. that Jurgen Klinsmann didn't know how to. do. You could argue it's all been downhill since that Landon Donovan goal. Even though you make the World Cup in 2014 and get out of the group, but you know you you basically go straight into the Klinsmann era and then missing the World Cup. Uh, so I, you could argue it's all been downhill. I think one of the best things about evening. the Landon Donovan and I 2010 World Cup was Josh and I were doing a World Cup podcast we were. back then, and I got you to call in from, yeah. from South Africa for one we episode. An on, we had an on-site reporter. That's right. There you go. Is that still online anywhere? It probably is. Let I'd have me to find tell it. you if you want some terrible audio quality <laughs> oh in your podcast. It was so bad. Sam and I have been doing this. The before. content it was, was cool. great, but it's not. Yeah. Very so the, good the thing time. I was going to say is that I kind of went through this. I kind of went through this t- level of drama twice because that's the oh, same. That's why? A, that's the same year as the Luis Suarez handball. That was a handball against Ooh. Ghana because Ghana eliminated the U.S. in yep, the next right. game in yeah, 2010. That's right. Yeah. So you had the Luis Suarez. Ghana's like Kevin Prince both without 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 the Luis Suarez handball. This is going in. Everyone's seen it by now. And then to see him react and to see the miss and then see Luis Suarez react the way he reacted in the in the uh, in the tunnel on that PK and then to win in PKs. Yeah. This might not be a popular yeah. take. Suarez did the exact right thing. I feel like over time, he did the exact over right time thing. that's become uh, more accepted. What a brilliant... Well, I even thought at the time, he paid right. the penalty, he got the red card. Because in 2010, it was like whatever Luis Suarez did, he was the worst, right? right. So, well, but, yeah. but but I mean, that's still pretty bad. To me, <laughs> to me, all right, all right. <laughs> to me, that is one of the most brilliant. He's not, he's not the, even Uruguay. He's not really the pride of Uruguay out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh come on! But I know, I'm with you. He did Nacional. the right thing. Brilliant play. I think at a, the time. a brilliant yeah. play, something you don't think to do, and then like you said, Eric, his reaction after I think Asamoah Gyan <laughs> misses the yeah, penalty. What is he? He's like hanging out in the tunnel, like watching. Him. He does like the double fist. Like yeah. yeah. I mean, he 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 sacrificed his tournament to give his team a small chance because they had to miss the penalty to get to the next round. So don't blame Suarez, by the way. Blame Osmo Ajian for missing the frame of the goal. Uh, it's a brilliant play by Suarez. Brilliant play. Was it Kevin Prince Boateng that scored against the U.S. in the game before? I want to say it was. Osmo Ajian scored the winner. I, I don't Kevin remember who scored, scored the first goal. Alright, let's get out of this rabbit hole. Let's do it. Alright, um, bring back Landon Donovan. We'll be back next week, I think. Twitter, Twitter handles. Maybe back with Twitter handles. At Eric Chicantana. Good. Eric's figuring this out. <laughs> At Josh B914. At Sam J. Franco. Look, it's preseason, man. It's preseason. All right. That'll do it for us. Until next time. See you later, Atlanta. Boom.